Welcome to the Financial Feast Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Zach. And today we're going to be talking about seven steps to show how you can find a great job without a college degree. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Financial Feast Podcast. Uh, We are excited to get into this topic. I think a lot of people nowadays, especially, are starting to think that college is too expensive and they're shifting away from the desire to go to college. I think our generation was expected a little bit more. Maybe just you yeah. graduate high school and you go to college. And I think a lot of kids now are shifting from that and they don't see the need for college as much. But the problem that comes with that is a lot of people are thinking, well, I can't get a good job unless I go to college. And we don't think that that's always the case. Yes. And actually, just a quick stat out there, the average college debt right now per American person that has gone to college is $55,000. So putting that into perspective of, okay, do I want to start with the average debt before I go to a job? Maybe not. Maybe it's worth it depending on the career field you're going for and all of that. But looking at how to find a great job without a degree, it is possible. Yeah. And I think it's not just possible. I think it's highly likely for people to find a really good option out there that suits them really, really well without getting a college degree. Yes. And there's just a few things that can help you that we've compiled, kind of sat down and compiled some things, seven different steps and ways to help you get to this point. The first one is take a self-assessment. That's a really good thing to do, right? Maybe you don't know what you want to do yet. Maybe you're looking at a second career change, whatever the case may be, kind of just stop Think about what are you good at? What is something that you love doing that you're passionate about? What is it that you love doing? And that'll kind of help you match up your passions with what you want to do for a job. And it's more than just that, right? It's it's finding out what you are naturally good at, right? We all sort of lean towards something just naturally, whether it be mathematics, whether it be science, whether it be history, whether it be working with our hands, working in a corporate setting, being more of a public speaker, sitting in the background and doing computer work. None of them are any worse or any better than any others. They're just different skill sets that we are benefited to. And understanding where you specifically are gifted and where you specifically have skills that, to Kevin's point, match up with those passions that you have and where you can use those natural abilities in a field that's going to be able to provide you the income that you need to survive and thrive is really important. Yeah. You might be sitting there saying, I don't have skills. I'm young. I haven't done anything. That actually means you might need to look a little deeper because you do. You might just not know it yet. So that's why the self-assessment is so important. What is something that you liked doing as a kid? What is something that you like doing as you grew up? What is something that you're passionate about? Those are and can be your skills that you use when you're looking for that career. Number two is build relevant skills. Now, after we've kind of seen where we're interested, and these don't necessarily have to go in order, right? They're yeah. they're not specifically as take a self-assessment test is definitely number one. We'll talk about a couple other ones that you can maybe throw into in addition to that as a step one. But once you kind of have an understanding of where you would like to work, you kind of think about, I'm interested in this field, I have these set of skills, it's always helpful to start thinking, well, how can I boost my abilities personally. And we, we've we talked about this in other episodes, Kevin, where we've yeah. kind of chatted through these self-education 
things where it's reading books and it's taking courses and it's getting certification and it's listening to podcasts and it's bettering myself in different ways that I'm going to be more marketable right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to be able to provide more of a benefit for my job. And it's understanding what skills are worth my time and what skills should I be putting the effort and the money into to actually help me in the long term. That actually brings us to probably, arguably, the most important one. Number three, once again, not in any particular order, but networking. Networking is incredibly important. In fact, According to the career expert, 85% of jobs are found through networking with personal or professional connections. That's pretty large. Yeah, I think you told me before we got started on this podcast that I don't remember the exact number, but that a, a large percent of these jobs that are opening up, they're hiring from within the network that they already have. They're not hiring from outside of their current network or the people that they're already connected with because it's a lot more difficult to start vetting brand new people for a position, especially if you have a, a short period of time to fill that position, it's a lot easier to be able to bring somebody up to promote somebody or bring somebody within that field, that connection that you already have in that environment into yeah. that job. So understanding that the bigger and broader your net is of connections that you have will open up the opportunities that you have to get bigger and better jobs in whatever field you choose. Yes. And some areas that people really like to network would be LinkedIn, a social media platform specifically for networking. That one is it's still going. It's still out there. It still works. People look at that and they will do searches based on what you have out there and they might reach out to you for a job if you put that you're actively looking. Also, you can go to different events. You can do kind of more local events around your area. Just get to know some people and you never know where it'll go. It can be incredibly beneficial, but you don't know unless you try. So networking is important. Once again, 85% of people finding jobs through networking. That's, that's pretty large. It's easier when they know you than when you're just a piece of paper on a resume. For sure. All right. So number four, freelancing and internships. This is something that has in the digital world has really jumped up, especially the freelancing when we're thinking of these different sites like Upwork and Fiverr, these other different social media kind of sites where, where people put a job out and they can hire somebody completely remotely to do these different jobs. And then these internships, which are obviously they've been going around for a while, but I think especially for those kids coming out of high school or maybe who are in college right now who are listening to this or parents, if you have a child in that age range who isn't exactly sure what they want to do and maybe has some interest, jumping into a job as an intern, even in something that maybe they just have a slight amount of interest, it, it allows them to get a taste of the work environment. It allows them to see real life, what it looks like to be an adult and to go to work every single day and have these responsibilities. And even if they learn that they absolutely hate that career, they hate that field, now they know what they don't want to do. And they're yeah. not going to waste time going to school and trying to pursue that and being in that career for two or three years and getting married and now having to upheave their life and completely shift careers because they've now later down the road figured out they didn't like it. So freelancing and internships, having these opportunities to kind of jump into something with a lot less risk and a lot less responsibility is a really good opportunity for a lot of younger people, especially. 
Yeah, and you can also throw maybe apprenticeships in there as well. It's not college, but it is kind of a schooling, but it's more on the job training. And it might be something that you're interested in, especially the trades. So not quite college, but it is a school. That might be something you're interested in that you might not want to uh, go to college for, but it does. you don't need to go to college for an apprenticeship or a trade. So we've talked about number one, taking a self-assessment, building relevant skills, networking, freelancing and internships. And that brings us to number five. Once again, not in any order, volunteer work. Okay. So this one's kind of interesting because volunteering and something that you're passionate about, it will show through. If you're passionate about it and you love it, it'll show through. People will notice it and it may lead to a job later on in that particular field. It's something that maybe not everyone can do. It's is definitely more for maybe a younger person or someone who can afford to volunteer. But it is a valuable thing because you're able to make connections, once again, with the networking that we kind of talk about. And it'll look good on a resume if you are doing something with volunteer work and you're working really hard at it, you're doing good at it, you're learning new things, new aspects of that thing that you're volunteering in. And then if you want to go for a more professional job in it, then you could put it on a resume that you have that experience. And experience is what every person is looking for when they're looking to hire. And if you have that experience, it can go a long way. For sure. I think it's important to not minimize not getting paid. I think just that experience, the connections that you said that you're making, the ability to find potentially a passion in something that you weren't really fully sure was there, I think can go a long way in having a really quality and and successful career long term. So number six here is kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of them. So we kind of threw a bunch together here that are maybe a little bit more common sense, but I think are important. And we wanted to still state them because they are important and it's valuable information. So crafting a strong resume is an underrated skill, making sure that you're able to present yourself in a short, succinct way where you're not actually verbally talking to somebody, but still communicating your abilities, that's a talent. Mm-hmm. That's a skill. And that's important a lot of times because most jobs that you have may be coming without you actually talking face to face with the employer. You may just have your resume sitting out in public and they may find it, right? Preparing for interviews then also, in addition to that, I think is an important skill to have because if you're just sitting there like a bump on the log and you look kind of grumpy because you're all nervous, yeah. you may be the most qualified person for that job. But if you put out a bad first impression, that could go a long way. Yeah. And and it might not be very fair, but that's the reality of life, right? So understanding how to present yourself both on paper and then also in the actual interview process, an important skill to have. So practicing that interview, it might sound a little goofy, but practicing that interview ahead of time with a parent or a friend or even just sitting in front of a mirror and just kind of running through and getting those nerves out and understanding what you're going to say so you're not stumbling over your words could be a big deal. And then in addition to those two things is being persistent. Yes. Being persistent is something that it's a great quality to have, but when you don't have a degree, it's kind of necessary because there's going to be some people that with that piece of paper, they can unlock some things that maybe you wouldn't be able to unlock. So there's always more than one way to do things, right? 
And being persistent and finding that way is key because when you're persistent, you are motivated. And when you're motivated, it shows through because hopefully you're passionate about it and you're able to really attack what you're looking for and get there. But being able to deal with that rejection is also important and being persistent through it and learning why did they reject me? What can I do better? That's a great skill to have because you're constantly at that point still improving and you're able to then at the next opportunity, take more advantage of it. So being persistent is a very good skill to have for this. Number seven, and our final one, is consider alternative paths. And what we're talking about here are different jobs that are great options that you just may not be thinking about. And Kevin and I are not going to go into a ton of detail on this point because we're actually planning on doing at least one episode, maybe two, in the future on outlining some of these jobs that are great options but you just may not have really considered them because they're more in the background. So they're not a doctor or they're not a lawyer or they're not a teacher. Some of the more common jobs that we think of, but they're very viable options out there that are very necessary and their salaries are significantly higher than you may be thinking. So we went through these seven different things. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that was informative for you and hopefully that provided you with a little bit of food for thought so that way you can be better prepared as you are thinking about what you want to do, frankly, for the rest of your life. Now, speaking of food, we always have a food question. Yes. And we didn't start with the food question. Not this time, no. So we're going to end with a food question. All right. And the food question is actually about drink. So it's not really food. Although it still counts. We'll it, count it. it. We count it. All right. Yeah. So there is a beverage, a category of beverages, I guess. It's not a beverage, a category of beverages that is fizzy. Okay. It is sugary. Yes. Some are delicious. Some are not nearly as delicious. Okay. And they have a name. Yes. To these beverages as a whole, as a category. You're talking about pop, right? I'm talking about soda, of oh, course. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so we had a discussion in our last episode where we talked about syrup. 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 And we <laughs> we figured out that Kevin can't pronounce anything, apparently. So I was curious, what do you guys pronounce this as? I grew up in Pennsylvania, yep. as we know, which is the best state obviously. And we pronounce syrup and soda correctly. And I was curious how you guys pronounce it. Yeah. So in Ohio, where normal people live, we pronounce it as pop, actually. So that's how it's done first. And my favorite pop is actually, I, I kind of like Coke, Coca-Cola, the, the good old fashioned and cherry Coke is actually really good. So I actually have to say cherry Coke is my favorite pop. So I like a root beer soda, Okay. Uh, personally. I don't think I have a specific brand of soda that I like when it comes to a root beer soda. But when I'm talking about soda that I really enjoy when I'm drinking soda. I'm hearing soda a lot. This is, <laughs> it's, it's like almost like nails on a chalkboard because you just know it's wrong, but you got to let it go, right? So I'm pretty sure, and we're getting a little bit off track here, but we have time. I'm pretty sure the historical correct term is soda. So I may or may not be correct on that, but I'm pretty sure I am correct because I think I think I've had this discussion before and I looked it up. <laughs> so See, I don't know, but I would have to just say 
it's got to be pop because that just only makes sense. It made a pop probably, right? So Soda really doesn't make much sense unless it's some sort of like scientific an ingredient. Like they put baking soda in to do the carbonation or something maybe. So then they just shortened it to a soda. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, according to a quick Google search, it was called pop because pop goes the cork when it is drawn. No idea what that means, but it seems to validate that pop is the correct answer. Well, I think that soda is still the correct answer because uh, who has corks in their soda? That doesn't make any sense. We're not talking about wine here. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point. Either way, it could be called most people when you say pop or soda, most people do know what you're talking about. I guess that's what matters in the end. Right? I never actually gave my no, I did. I said root beer, right? Yeah. A okay. root beer pop. I yeah, do. That's yeah. right. Root beer. <laughs> Nobody actually says like a root beer pop or a root beer soda anyway. I yeah. just wanted to be obnoxious by saying soda 15 times. <laughs> that's fair. You've achieved that. So we'll <laughs> give that to you. Either way, we hope that you did enjoy this episode. We do encourage you to like, subscribe, follow us on our social media, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Financial Feast Pod.